Morning, everybody. It's your man, Patience, and we appreciate y'all tuning in to another episode of Sabbath Sneakers. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mike. Mike, say what up to the people. Yo, yo, what's up, people, man? Y'all still here? Y'all still with us? Man, that's because we're family. Yeah, 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 for sure, man. I think they officially crossed over, man. No longer fans, yeah, man. Yeah, family man. at this point. Family at this family point. Family at this point. Man. They got to stay with us forever now. <laughs> I love it, man. And speaking of family, you know what I mean? We got uh, a good friend of mine uh, who I consider like my sister family, man. She is a pastor, activist, PhD student. I mean, I don't think there's anything this this beautiful young lady cannot do we are joined by danielle pilgrim some of you know her as chap d danielle say what up to the people hey guys so good to be on here with you all looking forward to having a really great engaging conversation today i'm really honored to be a part of this experience yeah 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 you guys wouldn't know it because she's so low-key man but she really is a mover and shaker and and i really uh consider her to be a part of, you know, one of the the young leaders uh, that's going to help this generation move towards the future, man. So it is truly an honor uh, for her to be with us. So I'm going to kick it off. Like, okay, Danielle, so listen, tell everybody for our audience that may not know you, tell them where you grew up and what kind of sneakers, what was the sneaker situation when you grew up as a kid? (laughs) All right, that's that's good. Uh, I grew up in Trinidad and Tobago, the Caribbean island, uh, next to Venezuela, um, yeah. and and I grew up there for about 13 years. Then Ooh. I might then I came to the United States of America uh, in August 2000. I'll never forget that day. Um, and I grew up in Queens, New York. Woo, New York, New York. Listen, man, I got I got to get some down south people. Too many New York people been on this show so far, man. I got to get some down. Hey, listen, when you brought when you brought when you brought sis on, I was like, well, you just gonna keep filling this with New Yorkers? I'm cool with that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Danielle, but continue, continue. New York is where it's at. Listen, so we grew up in New York, <laughs> and of course, the two dominant shoes of my time in my high school days. Yeah. First, of course, it was Air Force Ones. Okay, you know shout out to the AF Ones. Yeah, Air yeah, yeah. Air Force Ones. The song came out, you know, stomping in my Air Force Ones, so that made it a big deal. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and you know, these are not sneakers, but Timberlands are the things to go, the way to go uh, in the winter know. time. So. You know okay, what I mean? so okay, we, so I'm glad you brought that up. I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> so you grew up in New York. What do you call the brown? I'm trying to use the right name because me and Mike uh-huh. have been going back and forth about this because they call them something else. We call them something else. What do you call the gum bottom brown Tims? What do you call those? Uh, we just call them Tims, man. I don't know if there's like a okay. specific term that people use, but it's just Tims. No matter what color it is, it's just Tims. Just Tim's. Okay, so you just we wear them. Tims. Yeah, we wear them in the winter and summer. Listen, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that lends a little bit more credence to what Mike was saying in, in the previous show. <laughs> okay, okay. It's a, it's a, it's a year-round shoe. Okay. Year-round shoe, bro. <laughs> all, all purpose. All purpose. <laughs> yeah, all right. Man. No doubt. No doubt. Well, that's dope. That's dope. I was I was I was telling Mike, you know, um, 
he was saying that they call him the construct Tims, right? Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Yeah, he was like, they call him the constructs. But I was like, in, in the South, you know, we, we call him, you know, the, the gum bottom Tims. You know what I mean? Oh, we come just, on, yeah. Man. Look, come yeah on, see, man. You see how disappointed she was when you said that? Oh, I told my you. God. Well, why would you call minute. her back? <laughs> but, but, okay, so here's why. Here's why. Because we had to differentiate between the imposter, because we all know, okay, the the the, the official Tims, you know what I mean? They they had to be the high top joints, right? Had, right. Okay, for us, they had to right. have the gum bottom, because yeah. you know that there was still there was some other Tims that people was trying to pull off, like they weren't official though. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. that's how that's how we would separate them. You know what I mean? We would call them the the butter gum bottom Tims. That's what we call them because oh, butter, goodness. you know, the butter, like the you know the color of the Tims, and then they had the gum bottom. So that's that's the way we used to rock it. But only people in other states wear fake Tims, so we just call them Tims. Tell them, sis, you already know. You know if what? we say Tim, <laughs> you know what we mean. Like, it's no other thing about. Like, I, can, I can already see how this show is going to go. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I can already see how this show is going to go. All right. So, so Mike, you got a, you got a question for Danielle? Yeah. So, so sis, um, what? so now we talk about the pairs growing up, right? What yeah. was your first good pair? Like that, that one pair that you was like, you know what? I finally arrived. I'm in, like, everybody's going to look at me when I got this pair on. What was that first pair that you could remember? Oh, that's a great question. I think it was. So I'll be honest with you. My sneakers, they all came from my sister. I used to sneak in her room and I used oh. to take her sneakers because she always had the fresh kicks coming out. She was a Nike, Nike girl. So she every okay. new sneakers came out. She had them. So I'm going to be honest. The freshest one that I had <laughs> was hers. And it was like the, um, the Nikes, like 90, 90 sneakers, like really colorful sneakers that she mm. remember exactly. But it was like all types of colors. And I was like, this right here is going to rock yeah. hard in high school. And so I walked okay. down some them high school hallways with my, with my Nikes 90s. And it's a wrap from there. <laughs> so, so I got a follow-up question. Were you and your sister in school at the same time? No, no. She was older. She's older but she had the money okay oh that's okay. why okay that's why it worked that's why it worked yeah. right, there work. was no conflict of people saying like wait a minute i saw your sister wear those yesterday nah she wasn't here. <laughs> exactly exactly that's dope that's really dope yeah so listen i i kind of had a different situation because my brothers are two years apart my older brother and my my brother that's under me are two years apart so i had to be real strategic when I, when I had to borrow their shoes to go to school, you know, I was like, I, I, okay, man, he, he wore those Hirachis last week, man. I need to wait at least about a week. I need right. to wait at least a week to everybody <laughs> forgot. And then I can bust them out. You know what I mean? And, and then, you know, we'll kind of rock it like that. So I didn't have the, the pleasure, you know, it wasn't until my brother graduated and then he started buying fresh sneakers. So I had about a year of just, you know, you know, rocking it when nobody asking me questions, but you know, okay, that's that's neither here nor there, listen, man. But listen, y'all both were more fortunate than me. My, I have a brother; my he's a year older, but he's not yeah. in the sneakers at all. So there was no. <laughs> so I, I was alone in the house getting sneakers. So it wasn't like I could oh, get man. from him and be like, "All right, let's rock them." Nah, and, and he's 
anywhere is like two sneaker sizes bigger than me. So, oh, so oh it was so it's no so I'm by my I had to get my own sneakers and just I had to rock it that way. I couldn't get from him. So yo, that's crazy, Mike. So you really, you really got it out the mud, my guy. Got to get it out the mud. Got to get it out the mud. <laughs> you really got it out the mud. All right. So so Danielle, so so let's let's shift gears as we continue to to move forward in the show. So of course, you know, anybody who follows you or know you, but for our listeners that that still getting to know you, we want to talk a little bit about, you know, your your passion for social justice and advocacy. So my question to you is, were you always passionate about social justice and advocacy? Or was there a specific moment that you can remember that's kind of sparked it? Ah, uh, that that's a great question. Um, I wouldn't say that I was always uh, into advocacy. I think that as I came into understanding my Blackness and understanding mm-hmm. the struggle was when mm-hmm. I really uh, pivoted from just being really indifferent to being very mm-hmm. active, right? So mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, it was a journey. Um, and mm-hmm. I think it was me moving to Atlanta that really sparked this journey, you know, learning and mm. becoming more knowledgeable about um, our communities, um, about our history, um, mm-hmm. and and just just the fight that you know we are constantly in. So, yeah, I, I think it I think it was leaving the seminary and heading to Atlanta was the genesis of my advocacy journey. Wow, wow, that's that's powerful. That's powerful because. You know, of course, I knew you. We were in the seminary at the yeah, same time. And yeah. then, of course, we worked together again in Atlanta. Sure. And so I, I really saw, like, you know, your passion and your desire for social justice just take off. Yeah. You know, and so I uh, I really I really saw you as uh, one of the young leaders in that movement. And and you you also worked with a woman who was very uh, instrumental in this past election, talking about Stacey Abrams. Talk a little bit how you worked with her while you were in Atlanta. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> Stacey Abrams is just a magnificent, very intelligent uh, lady. And so um, I, for me, like being in Atlanta, I mean, it's just a great place to, to get involved mm-hmm. and very easy to get involved with, you know, no our leaders. And so, yeah. um, you know, she would have events and I would just show up. Um, I she I did an event where I, we were praying over her um, and just mm. being a um, pastoral support. So I worked more um, with um, on a council for Keisha Lance Bottoms more than Stacey Abrams. Okay, yeah, the mayor. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, just, just being in that circle um, and just doing what I can to help in campaigns, to bring awareness, things like that. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. But I want to kind of go back to, to something that you're saying. And Mike, I'm sorry, I'm hogging all the questions. Bro. No, no, no. That, that, no this is to, what man. we're here for, man. We, the people okay, need to know right. about Danielle in a real way, man. The people that don't yeah, know need sure. to know. So, yeah, I know I 100% agree. So, so okay, I want to go back to something that you said earlier when you were ta- talking about your story and how you really came to to understand uh, the importance of you being involved. You you talked about being becoming aware of your blackness, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, you you mentioned earlier that you grew up Trinidad Tobago. You came here as a teenager, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so there was there was this period of your life, and and you kind of said it where you were just kind of indifferent, yeah. to what was happening here in uh in America as it relates to black and brown people, right? Right. And so talk a little bit about that. Like, what was it? Just that 
you know, that wasn't your experience growing up is what kind of drove the indifference or was it just, hey, you know, I'm, I'm in a this is in my household that doesn't exist. So what what kind of what do you think was was kind of that uh, when you're looking back on it, you say, OK, this is kind of why I think I was indifferent to what was happening. Sure. Uh, great question. Well, I think it's a plethora of things. Uh, I think one coming from a Caribbean country where, you know, it's predominantly black. Right. There isn't mm-hmm. much of right. a conversation about black and white. Um, in in mm-hmm. my context, in Trinidad and Tobago, is really black and Indian. Um, mm, that was our, okay. that was our okay. struggle. It was just like it was predominantly black country, okay. but there's a, a good percentage of Indian individuals, and a lot of the power mm-hmm. went to the Indians. So I, that was our struggle. Um, coming mm. to America now, um, with that background, you know, at home, we we never really had conversations about you know color or uh, the struggle for Black Americans or, or even Caribbean Americans and things like that. Um, and then I joined the church uh, when I was about 16, 17. And even when I joined the church, there wasn't a conversation about um, being black. Like it was just you're Christian mm-hmm. and Christianity took over everything. Um, yeah. And Christianity uh, and, and Adventist Christianity, we did not even focus on the struggles of the community or the struggles mm. of the people. Um, it's going to sound kind of bad, but in some ways, when you become a, a Christian or Adventist Christian, it's like you become, I'll use the word again, kind of indifferent to uh, society, um, mm-hmm. to color. You know, we have this kind of colorism thing, or oh, I don't see color. And, you yeah. know, it's, it, it, it's like you kind of lose the sense, your sense of self because, you know, mm-hmm. as you become Christian, it's just like, that's it. It's just, it's, it's us and them. It's the world versus us. It's, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. not until, even at seminary, it, I, I didn't learn much about, I'll tell you, when I went to Atlanta, I started reading them for myself um, and being mm. in, in that community and learning about Black liberation theology that I learned on my own, uh, the, 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 black in, the Black struggle uh, within the church, right? Mm-hmm. Even that history wasn't mm-hmm. even taught much about mm-hmm. the Black church, except in, in a few classes. And mm-hmm. I had a friend who actually went to Emory, who was a friend of ours, uh, Marcus Laravo, and he was telling mm-hmm. me what he was learning at mm-hmm. seminary. And I was like, man, we didn't learn none of this stuff. So that was the wow. genesis of me becoming awakened of like my blackness, um, what it means to be mm-hmm. a black and brown country, what the struggle has been and what it is, and realizing mm-hmm. that I cannot mm-hmm. stand aloof to societal mm-hmm. issues, right? It's taught like as a church, like Jesus yeah. stood aloof to the politics of the time. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus right. came here on a, a different mission and he wasn't aloof. Yeah, so, he wasn't. At you all. know, so that's kind of the history yeah. of kind of how I, uh, you know, to answer your question, how I started getting into IC and and why I was kind of indifferent to to uh, black issues. Absolutely oh, powerful. I, that's powerful. Ph- phenomenal yeah. stuff, uh, Danielle. And I heard, and you said something key that I just want to want to highlight is you talked about when you when you went to Atlanta, you started to do some reading. And there's, yeah. I talk to Arnell about this a lot, about, and, and people in general, about the importance of educating ourselves, not by Facebook and mm-hmm. Instagram and Twitter, but by actually sitting down and reading and really diving mm-hmm. into the history. Because, you know, a lot of our history books in America, most of them are culturally biased and they, they don't speak too much about mm-hmm. history. So I'm so, I'm so glad that you mentioned the, the importance of reading and reading books <laughs> mm-hmm. and 
So is, is, is there a, a book, is there one pivotal book that kind of really drove the point home for you more to be active? One pivotal book. For me, it was the autobiography of, of Malcolm X. I read it when I was uh, 19 oh, and it changed my life. So for me, that book really was kind of like my springboard into, you know, kind of having more awakening. But was there a book for you or maybe a series of books? But if you could, one book where you said, you know what? This is giving me the information and kind of lit the fire mm. to say, in addition to like you like you noted, the Gospels and Jesus specifically came to fight social mm -hmm. injustice. He did that. And so right. mm -hmm. in addition to mm -hmm. your Bible, what was some of the books and that you read that kind of just moved you in a certain direction? Yeah. Um, so there there are really there's several. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of all of them. So uh, one of the books that really started me off was a book called The History of the United States, A Young People's History of the United States. Um, it's written by a white author. He really came from the perspective of the oppressed rather than the, his mm. the history books. You know, they come from the perspective mm. of the oppressor. So it kind of you mm -hmm. know, eliminates a lot of the reality of how, you know, the people who are oppressed, how they experience life. And so that gave me, um, that was the start of my reading. It gave me an in-depth understanding of the, the oppression of Black people and also Native Americans as well. Mm -hmm. um, and that, so that started off. And then, of course, the autobiography of Martin Luther King Jr. Um, mm -hmm. uh, really, really uh, propelled me into, like, man, understanding um, our difficulties. Then I'd say the Jesus and the Disinherited by Howard Thurman was another one mm -hmm. um, that really great book. helped great yeah, book. bridged yeah. uh, really Jesus and his, um, his, his desire and longing. And he's always aligning himself with the oppressed, right? Um, and mm -hmm. then my favorite of them all is the Black Liberation Theology or Black Theology and Black Power mm -hmm. by James Cone. And um, yeah, that one right there, it, it'll just tip you off. <laughs> um, <laughs> so no those doubt. are like some core books that has like really transformed my life in the early stages. And then you know, there's some others now that I'm reading, but yeah, that one for sure. Awesome. Yo, that's, that's amazing. It's amazing, man. You just gave our lead, our, our, our listeners a, a list. Oh, yeah. Homework. Oh, yeah. You know I mean? Make sure you guys homework. go. That's right. Homework. homework. <laughs> Make sure you guys go and go and check those books out. Definitely great books. Uh, no matter what your background is, it's, it's great information to have so that you can better understand is happening and what has been happening in our country as it relates to black and brown people. So listen, uh, thank you, Danielle, for sharing that. So we're going to take a brief break. And when we come back, man, Mike's got a fully loaded question. So Danielle, get ready. Mike's got a fully loaded question for you. All right. And we, and we need you to come with it. All right. Thank y'all for, for tuning in. This is Sabbath Sneakers. Y'all stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. This is Sabbath Sneakers. We are here uh, with our special guest, Danielle Pilgrim, Chap D, known to some of y'all. And we've been having a great conversation so far, talking about sneakers, talking about social justice and advocacy. But now, Mike, Mike's got a loaded question, man. And uh, so, Mike, go ahead and go ahead and drop that question, bro. So, Danielle, you are a very accomplished and driven woman, right? And that uh -huh. that's kind of like the setup. People start to get nervous when you when you start with the compliments, right? But you're very <laughs> you're very accomplished, very driven. In fact, you've impacted me at my ministry. You know, we've had conversations and 
and yeah. you, you've helped me in my ministry. So you're a very accomplished, independent woman. Now, we don't want to know. We're not trying to get into all of your personal information as it relates to relationships. <laughs> but given this reality and given, you know, kind of the, the false stigma, this is a man's world. Do you find that it's a little bit, do you find the intimidation of men by your strong personality and the position you hold? Do you find that there's that men are still intimidated by by you by your prowess as an independent, as an accomplished woman, you know, especially as it relates to your work with youth and 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 having so many accomplishments? Do you find it that, that there's still some intimidation in and personally? Not only professionally, but personally. Ah, oh wow. <laughs> I didn't see yeah. that one coming. Yeah. I should have anticipated yeah. that one. Um, That's the heavy hitter. Well, you know, it's a heavy hitter, but we're here to have a raw conversation. So I'll, 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 yeah. I'll get into it. No doubt. Um, I, I'm assuming that there are, are men out there who are intimidated, and not just by me, but just by uh, women who are accomplished, who are independent. Um, so I, I, I assume. I'm pretty sure that they are out there. But I, I think that, I don't know, I, I'm about to say this, and might sound a little, a little crazy, but I'll go on a limb. I think, say it with your uh, I think that uh, someone who is confident within themselves and about themselves uh -huh. shouldn't be intimidated uh -huh. by someone who appears to be accomplished or, you know, uh, uh, independent, right? Um, and, uh -huh. and for me personally, I can only speak for myself, you know, you know, if, if you consider me accomplished or whatever, uh, if you know me, I'm a very personable person, right? I'm a people person. I mm -hmm. love individuals. I love to laugh. I love to crack up. So to be intimidated by me, I don't know. I, I, I don't see why that should be. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I will say that, yeah, I, in my life, I expected to, you know, be approached a bit more, um, you know, by men. Mm. But, you know, mm -hmm. I, you know, it's, it's, it's been a little different and interesting, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess people are intimidated and I, I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. I, I don't get it. Because I wouldn't be intimidated to approach a brother who I think is, you know, <laughs> accomplished, right? Because yeah. I'm confident in who I am and what yeah. I bring to the table. So I think if, you, if, you're, <laughs> right. if you're strong and understand what you bring to the table, that's just my take on it. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt. They treating you like you wear black Air Force Ones all the time. Why they do that? What? Yo, but, okay, and let's talk about that, man. What's what's the stigma with black Air Force Ones? What, what's up with that? I heard man? that's like a myth. I I didn't know there was an issue. Like I used to wear them when I was younger, and like stopped wearing yeah. them years ago, like years, like a decade ago. But it wasn't until you know I was in the seminary and in the Midwest, and some of the youngins out there was telling me like, yo. The black Air Force Ones are like serial killers or something like that. I was like, I never heard, like I never knew there was a stigma because we still wear like you know I'm from Harlem, so we still wear the yeah. high, we still wear the high top. Yeah, we don't wear the low top. Yeah, right. black Air Force. No, nah, we don't. Nah, I but don't like nah. I don't know. I that like I said, I didn't know it until I was living in the Midwest for a while. I didn't know there was a thing about yeah. black Air Force. <laughs> Danielle, have you heard anything right. about Black Air Force so, One? The stigma, stay away, don't it's buy It's funny, those. I had never heard of it. So while you guys are talking about it, I'm literally Googling it right now. And I see, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm seeing the comments and people are like, yo, stay away. You know, they have, you know, it's a connotation with bad people. I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 that's a real thing, man. Yeah. 
that's a real thing because because listen when we did our our our, our year in rear view our year in re- review show from from about last year you know i was telling mike that you know my my shoe for the whole that represented last mm. year you know everything with with black lives matter and the coronavirus and my, it was just like it was a black air force one kind of year for me yeah. you know what i'm saying so i got a, I, I went and bought a, bl- a pair of black high top air force ones <laughs> and people are like why you wearing air force ones you don't know what that means don't wear those people gonna be scared of you yeah. you're gonna send the wrong message i'm like what are y'all talking mm-hmm. about these are shoes but obviously they do carry some type of negative connotation yeah. but you know what i'm gonna wear mine plow i'm gonna wear mine proud man yo, all black everything yo, yeah. you wear your yo, yo listen like i yo like i told you bro, you valid as long as they're high top. If they're low top black Air Force One, that's not valid. <laughs> like low tops are valid, just not the black ones. And you never should wear mid okay. Air Force Ones. If you ever wear mid Air Force One, then I am quitting the show. <laughs> okay, all right, wait a minute. Wait. I'm quitting. So what's wrong with mid that's what's wrong with mid Air Force Ones, bro? Brother, there is there's there are you gotta break it down. Brother, listen, there is you can do the high. We always do the high. You can yeah. do the low. The mids are just nasty. Like yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. do those, bro. You can't do those. You can't do the mids with the little buckle strap. It, bro. You can't do that. It don't look like like you might as well get some Jordan ones. Like that's what you might as well do because Jordan ones are like the same yeah. kind of mid level. Like you might as well get Jordan ones. You don't get any mid Air Force ones ever, bro. Those are stop. Those are no go. Man, on all levels, the don't go okay. I uh, listen, listen. I, I feel you, bro. I feel you. Just for some of our listeners, man, it's good information that they might want to know. And I'm sure they're gonna have some questions related Yo, listen, to that, man. And I, full listen. disclosure, I know I'm being biased as a New Yorker. I know I'm arrogant, and that's how we okay. do as New Yorkers. We try to impose <laughs> what we think of fashion on everybody else. So I know it's other people and different people that wear different things. I apologize. I'm sorry, not sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. That's what's up. All right. So, so Danielle, just got a couple more questions for you before we get out of here. Um, Like what's, what's in your sneaker rotation right now? What what are you rotating? This is a good question. Listen, man. So I have been, I got some, so we talked about the uh, Nike's 90s that I used to wear in high school. Yeah. So I went on Stock X For and sure. I popped me some <laughs> some so I can remember my high school <laughs> days. Then I got these um no doubt. These Jordan flat top ones. Um really colorful. Ah. Really colorful ones. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm really into the colorful sneakers at this point. Um I uh, see. What else I got? <laughs> um I got the fours um that I wear every now and again. Yeah. Um oh yeah. Okay. Um, and then I got a couple yeah. of Nikes. Yeah, I guess I'm a Nike girl. I, I I think I probably have too many of those. I just I just got a lot of Nikes in here. <laughs> got some Adidas, uh, colorful ones. Man, I guess I'm colorful. some colorful Adidas that I rock every now and again. And then for my birthday, my sister got me some yeah. some other Nikes that are also colorful. So it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So so so, so that so that's that's the thing. So. They got it. They got to be Nike. They got to have color. color. You got to stand out. That's it. <laughs> uh, I have a question Listen, with that. that as it related. Oh, no, you was gonna say something. Oh no, go ahead. Man. No, go ahead, bro. No, go ahead, listen. bro. So, Danielle. So you have this. 
You have the, the colorful sneakers. You have the Jordan 1s. Jordan 1s are very good um, to wear with, like, suits and stuff as it yes. relates to preaching. And so yeah. you are a chaplain, uh-huh. and you are also the pastor of New Life. So have yeah. you worn your sneakers to preach yet? Ah, good Not question. yet. Not yet. <laughs> but it's okay. happening, trust me. Not yet. <laughs> Okay, it's coming. Okay. It's coming. All right, so so I do have I'm a listening. request. When okay. you do it, when you do it, make sure you tag Sabbath sneakers on Instagram. Yeah. Tag us in it. Yeah. Tag us in. Take a picture or have somebody take a picture. Tag us in it because we want to repost it on the site because we always show love, you know, to people who wear sneakers outside you. the box. Yeah. So you know we love to do that and actually mike doing that is one of the reasons we started this show man yeah. so we love it so definitely if you rocking your sneakers on the sabbath you up there doing your thing tag us in and, and would it be, we would it be your first it time ever wearing sneakers behind the pulpit if yes, when you do it, it would it be your it first would. time <laughs> did you definitely got to tag us cuz that's historic so you got to tag historic. us in it. <laughs> that's historic. we got to see we got to be that's historic definitely that's what's up. That's what's up, man. But I, I, I appreciate uh, you, you taking time to join us today, Danielle. I do have another question for you, man. And uh, now, this is a question we ask all of our guests. So what are your Sabbath sneakers? Now, let me give some context yeah. to this question. Like, if you got to run out, if you got to run out to the store, if you got to, if you got to run out to do an errand, if you, if you just need to go for a walk to clear your mind or whatever, what sneakers are by the door? What you throwing on? What you, what, what are you wearing? <laughs> um, it'll definitely be, well, this is going to be funny. If I'm running out the house real quick, it'll be some Crocs. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Ah, uh, you know what? Okay. Listen, okay, okay, okay. Comfort, Listen, okay, okay, Comfort. okay. Comfort, you reminded me. Listen, you reminded me of something that I needed to ask. I'm so glad you said that because I I was on Instagram and I saw you dancing up a storm somewhere on Andrew's campus. But when the camera panned down, you had on some crocs. Like, what, what, what's happening? What? <laughs> I'm like, what's happening oh, here, man? man? So, so tell me about the Croc situation. Is that a Yo, new situation, or is that thing going over on? style, bro? Oh my go. goodness! <laughs> oh my, listen, no those doubt. are the most comfortable. And now, now my friends hate them. My friends hate <laughs> them. Yeah. My friends, every time I post them, they they like, yo, take them things out. Like they hate them. <laughs> okay, but no they doubt. are so comfortable. But but I'm, other than the Crocs, though, yeah. if I'm running out to the store, I have some Vans that I like. You know the black and white Vans. Um, mm-hmm. the, yeah, 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 the yeah, classics. yeah. The classics. Yeah, um, for sure. Low top. I don't really like them. The high top. They kind of low, low, low weird for me. Got you. But um, if I'm running to the store, <laughs> matter of fact, I'm about to go to Got the store you. in a few seconds, and that's gonna be the sneakers okay. I'm gonna wear to go. <laughs> To the mall real quick. No yeah. doubt. All right. So so the vans, the vans are your Sabbath sneakers because you know when we talk about Sabbath sneakers, you know Sabbath yes. is a day for rest, a day to relax, a day to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And you know, you add some sneakers to that, man. That's yeah. what you got. So right now the vans are the vans are at the top of the rotation. Yeah. We're running out the door, man. We love it. We love it. We love it. We got love. Well, I got love for vans. Mike, you you got love. I for hate vans. vans. Ah! I, I should have known. 
I you know me. Know. I'm weird. We never I, had this conversation, Mike. We never we had this it. conversation. I should have yeah, Listen, people rock them. That's what's up. I hate them. And it's funny, too, because our last guest. <laughs> Why do you? But when our first guest. Um, when he was when you guys was talking about Converse, I was like, man, he don't understand how yeah. much I don't like Converse. Listen, Danielle, forgive me. I'm just weird. Like I have like weird taste. I don't like Converse at all. <laughs> like I hate Converse. Like I tried one pair. They and Arnell, you was mentioning like they're they're flat. I already yeah. have big feet and tiny ankles, so they make my feet look like both. It's crazy. <laughs> they hurt. Like, like I know I hate. Yeah, and Vans kind of fall along that no line. No doubt. But the other people rivals. Yeah, man. So, <laughs> yeah, man. So we we'll, we we'll, we'll definitely we we'll definitely continue that conversation, Mike. Because I need to know why you don't like. Yo, I'm mad weird, bro. But uh, I'm yeah, weird, so... bro. I'm just weird. That's it. I'm just weird, bro. <laughs> I got you, man. But listen, Mike has exquisite oh, yeah. taste. I listen. Our Sabbath sneaker audience is used to that by now. We had a whole show called Mike versus Jordan and why he wow. hated Jordan. So. You know, I, I have a sneaker audience, and, and and if you guys haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that, man. And believe it or not, that's one of our that's one of our most viewed podcast episodes because people just got to know like what what's going on here. But uh, but yeah, so Danielle, thank yeah, you again for, for taking time to join us on this Sabbath sneaker show. Before we let you go, tell everybody where they can connect. For sure, with you. you can connect with me on Instagram at Danielle underscore Pilgrim. Um, that's my main mode of interaction on the internet danielle underscore pilgrim on instagram cool 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 definitely connect with her there and if you are a uh if you're securing yourself and you are a six three and above uh, black man you know and you work out and you confident and you got your career go ahead and slide into DMs, man let's get something Come on, going man. here <laughs> <laughs> I know you did. It's all good though. Thanks for the plug. You know, just, a just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's do this, man. Let's do this. <laughs> all right. But as always, man, we appreciate y'all checking in on behalf of myself, patience, on behalf of my co-host Mike, and on behalf of our special guest Danielle. We love y'all. Always remember that the best sneakers are your Sabbath sneakers. Until the next time, man. We out. Peace. Peace.